Welcome to the Liberty Tree, podcasting from Family Life Church in Swanee, Georgia. In the big rock candy mountains, the jails are made of tin, and you can walk right out again as soon as you are in. There ain't no short handle shovels, no axes, saws, or picks. I'm a going to stay where you sleep all day, where they hung the Turk that invented work in the big rock candy mountains. It's a beautiful day for a neighborhood. It's a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you be? Won't you please? Please won't you be my neighbor? I will be your neighbor if you promise to never do that ever again. Hey, I was going for some nostalgia here for those of us who grew up with Mr. Rogers. That's okay. And I've been watching the painting version of Mr. Rogers lately on Netflix, Bob Ross, and the joy of painting. Happy little trees. Hey, hey. Uh, funny story, right quick. At my house, I was probably, I probably about Cade's age, I would say five or six. Unbeknownst to me, there was a man at our church whose last name was Rogers. And so my mom answers the phone one day. Oh, hey, Mr. Rogers, how are you doing? I lose it. Ah, let me talk to Mr. Rogers. I have to talk to Mr. And, Rogers. Was she just like, but he's our, he's our CPA, son. I, I'm, like, yeah. I'm like doing the, the dance, you know, I'm like in, in place. I'm like, Mr. Rogers, I've got to talk to Mr. Rogers. Mama. I'm like losing it. And so she's laughing. She likes me talk to him, and I hear his voice, and I'm like, you're not Mr. Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> but I assure you, son, I am. I am Mr. Rogers. He's like, yeah, I am. Like, you're not Mr. Rogers. Imposter. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. John, did you ever talk to anybody famous on the phone? No. Yeah. No, I never talked to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Rogers, man. That was, yeah. it was just like, it was constant. It was the same he, intro, oh. same outro. It was something you could depend on. And it was it was a good wholesome. Uh, but there, he, there, he, there, there's an episode where he actually goes. I guess it must have been like later on when he was like maybe more famous. But he goes to the movie or the television set of The Incredible Hulk, and you get to watch Lou Ferrigno put on the makeup and transform from you know Lou Ferrigno into The Incredible Hulk. And it is the best episode. I mean, I wish I was watching it right now. I have to admit. I have to Google that. I never seen that one. No. We used to watch it, Mister Rogers. Yeah, occasionally. Yeah, he was a very a creature of habit, wasn't he? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, he had Good King Friday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always put his shoes on and, you know, on the same yeah. same foot yeah. every time, you know, all that stuff. Well, you know, the, the urban legend forever was that he was like some sort of like sniper in the, you know, in the <laughs> military. He had like 100 kills. He was in like, the Marine you know, Corps. Yeah, I can verify yeah. that. Now, the, 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 he wore the, the, the sweathers, long sleeve sweaters, cover to cover up, up his <laughs> massive tattoo armament. Did he always I, smile like that? Yeah. When he was, well, listen, I think anybody that's listening, I think all those are just, just rumors. We'll let the man have his dignity and, and death. I don't think he had arms covered in tattoos, nor was he as, you know. <laughs> it's, I, like, it's like a, like a, like a pinup girl riding like a, right. like a, like a bomb. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other one that was great from them was Mr. Wizard, you know, the scientist oh, guy. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't know if that would fly today because, he, you know, he always had like, so Billy, you know, he always had like young, young, <laughs> young guys and girls in the room with that him was, that he was doing these experiments with. But, that was you know. back in the day when you could have father figures on TV right. without being like weirded accused out. Of, they were accused of, you know, terrible things. But, right. Yeah. I have no idea who you're talking about. Mr. Wizard. Yeah. Oh man, he yeah. was awesome. He was like MythBusters before it was MythBusters. Right. And he, he was like, he's like, so 
who thinks here that I can boil an ice cube? You know, and, who, and they'd be like, no way, there's no way. And he's like, well, I can do it through the help of science. You know? <laughs> no idea. Of course, oh, I mean, I was never raised around with that kind of yeah. shows. I remember Mr. Rogers, though. Yeah. You know, watching it. You're more like the fall, the fall guy and Chips. Yeah, Chips. Yeah. Chips was huge. Knight Rider. Oh, yeah. The fall oh. guy. Michael Knight, a man. Yeah, I don't know the rest of it, but. They, they don't the make. A team. Oh, yeah. They don't make shows like that anymore. It's specifically the theme songs of shows. In like, 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military <laughs> court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by their government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the A-team. Yeah, every show should have one of those. Our show should yeah, have one yeah, of those. Yeah, we should, we, should, we should get one. <laughs> oh, imagine if it was like the yeah. start of the labor tree, you hear... Or the best '80s cartoon theme by far was Mask. Not not Mask like some kids might be thinking Mask like Jim Carrey. No, no, I mean like Mask was the acronym. Mask. That one. That was awesome. No idea what you're talking about. Mobile, mobile, armored. I don't know. Security. I don't know. Kids. Even even like there were shows out there. There were the songs were better than the actual show, like Bionic Six. Bionic Six, no one has heard of it. It's probably more of late 80s, yeah, I know mid Bionic. 80s, late 80s. I know Bi- the Bionic Six. Yeah, you know, Bionic, Bionic Six. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> <It> <laughs> no was, idea what you're talking about right now. It's something like, something, something, we fight for what's right. Bionic, Bionic. Hey, you can't sing any more than that. We're going to have to pay royalties. Oh, yeah, my bad. It was, it was just like that. Uh, cops, not cops, the... Uh, Bad boys, bad boys. No, what are you going to do? Fighting crime in a future time. Fighting time. Fighting crime in a future time. It was like New Detroit uh, City. Mobile Armored Strike Command with a K. That's mask. Mobile Armored Strike Command. I guess no one ever told them that they had a misspelling and a typo in their, in their acronym. Mask. Mask. They should have spelled it M-A-S-C, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, th- uh, Thundercats, uh, uh, G.I. Joe, Voltron. There was the, the, the second generation, the second... Whenever they revamped the Transformers theme song, I thought was better because it was more 80-ish. And more guitar in it, less synthesizer. Oh, know. yeah. What was it? Um, oh, what was uh, they had a? Oh. Vo- they had a vocoder for that Robots in the Skies. Robots in the Skies. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. Synthesizers galore. I mean, every... Yeah. Every, every, oh. Illusion is the ultimate weapon. <laughs> Shows just back in the 80s were just better. Maybe that's because I'm, I'm coming well, from... Well, I'll tell you why that is. <clears throat> Gather around, kids. So before there was, you know, a lot of video games in marketing, basically the way that it worked was you made a cartoon, you made a product to go along with the cartoon, and the cartoon was the advertising for the product. And companies like Mattel and Hasbro and Kenner would make bazillions of dollars so you know and I remember very well when I was about nine or ten years old I had some G.I. Joe action figure and some probably well-meaning adult who probably didn't have any children of their own was like you know that show's just a commercial to make you want to buy the toys and I was like like, ruined it no you are mistaken (laughs) ma'am this is a highly sophisticated articulated action figure and then I thought stopped and thought about for me I was like Wait a minute. I've been <laughs> getting hornswoggled this whole time. It is it is just a cartoon. I mean, it's just a commercial to make me want to buy the toys. My He-Man to- but, my the He-Man cartoon is disproportionately drawn right. and created just like my toy. Right. But but really what it was was a, you know, it was you know, 
prior to Star Wars and then then the television show G.I. Joe, which came out a couple of years later, there hadn't, I mean, there was always products and merchandising with these things, but it just, it wasn't done in such a way that it was that, that just over the top. With, and they really saw the value of the toys with Star Wars. And they were like, well, can we just, instead of having to invest in feature length movies, is there some way we can do it on a cheaper scale? And they're like, well, what about a cartoon? And then you had, he-Man and G.I. Joe and I guess Transformers really a couple of years later and it just it just took off from there. But then I remember distinctly the line that was kind of drawn in the sand like prior to the Nintendo Entertainment System, every kid I know had a wish list for Christmas that involved toys. And from after that thing came out, everybody had a wish list that involved video games. Right. You know, and yeah. now my parents were just like, you think I'm spending $300 on this video game? player and then another 50 or 60 dollars on a cartridge you're insane dream on, right dream on. so 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 I, I had to stick with well i guess i guess toys it is then so yeah. you know <laughs> I was, i'm in your but, camp <laughs> but, I'll, but i'll tell you this the the pinnacle of toys was the gi joe aircraft carrier seven feet long this gigantic monstrosity of a toy this albatross of a toy and the next year nintendo came out and no more giant playsets. It was game over. Oh, wow, it, wow, was, wow. it was game over. <laughs> you yeah. guys had G.I. Joe? That was yeah. like your big like army kind of? Yeah. It was a good recruiting uh, tool. It yeah, sucked it me was. in. It made me want to join the Marine Corps. I remember seeing news stories where they were like, and they say now that they're trying to inc- recruit children with these toys, and they held up some G.I. Joe toys. Like, I have that. <laughs> it worked. You know, They said, like, Oorah and Semper Fi, yeah. Leatherneck and Gung Ho was on there, and I was like, I want to yeah. be that. So, so what, what, was, well, what? Well, back home in Scotland, we had we had a similar guy, yeah. and he was called Action Man. Yeah. And very, you know, very descriptive. Very descriptive. Like, he did everything. Yeah. You know, I remember specifically when I was young, I was wanting the Action Man Jeep. You know, yep. and you'd think it'd come in like camo or something like that or some color like bright, that, you know. Bright red. It was bright blue, uh. <laughs> like sky blue. <laughs> and it had, I guess, it had like a, a star on the side. So I guess, I don't know if it was, you know, supposed to be Russian or, or I think more American, but it just had a star on the side. And I specifically remember playing with it. And it was a nice bright, bullseye. It was like a like bright blue and like going through the, you know, playing in the yard through the grass sounds with a bright of, blue Jeep. Sounds kind of festive to me, but like he was, spent some time at the discotheque. Yeah, you know? exactly. But that was action, man. And he did all kinds of things, yeah. you know, scuba diving and all right. that kind of stuff. Anything adventurous. Right? But it wasn't like G.I. Joe where it was a bunch of different characters. No, but he was just a man's man. He, he was just do it a, all, right? he'd do it like a Bear Grylls. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly who he was. <laughs> Bear Grylls before he was even born. Back when we were told that what we were playing with yeah. was a frog man and not a not like a Navy SEAL or something like that. But well, and I think they probably made all the toys in the same factory, like the old to- the big GI Joes. You know, they're probably made in the same <laughs> yeah. factory. Oh yeah, as Action Man, it was like, well, all right, paint that one green and put GI Joe on the box and paint that one sky blue, evidently sky blue, and put Action Man on the box. <laughs> Send him over to Scotland. I'll never, never know any different. No, what? exactly. What's the color of the Scottish flag? Blue. Yeah, okay. paint that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. It was bright blue. I remember. <laughs> the very first cartoon I can remember, like being obsessed with, believe it or not, was Danger Mouse. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Penfold. Yeah, oh yeah. No, no, they remade that again. Yeah, I think I saw that retail yeah. on Netflix, right? Yeah, it's well, not they, as good they, as the original. Put, they put the oh, original no. ones on Netflix. I watched them with the kids, and it didn't. It didn't hold up quite as well as I'd hoped that it would. I mean, I right, watched a few episodes right. of it, and I was like, oh, no wonder my daddy's made me turn this off when you yeah, come home. It was. I mean, back when you're young, you know, it's all like, oh, yeah. oh wow, you know, he's yeah. the greatest. Well, well, and especially whenever there is trouble, he'll be there. Especially whatever it aired on here, which I think was maybe like GPTV. Well, I thought it aired when I saw it. It was maybe 
Nickelodeon. Before they had Nick at night, before Nick at Nickelodeon started playing old reruns in the evening, I think they would play, they had like some kind of English imports and British imports. Yeah. And That's they, where I think I saw it was they, Nickelodeon. It was, it was uh, Dr- uh, Count Ducula and, and, uh, yep. and the Banana Bananas. Banana Man. Yeah, Banana Man. Banana Man, yeah. 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 Maybe well, one you know, of bananas. Or, or, or be, Banana Man, as they used to be. <laughs> Banana. Yeah. Banana. It's Banana Man. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is amazing. No, I mean, I remember, though, when you're he thinking about bananas, it. bananas Bananas. <laughs> when you think about it, Danger Mouse, that was probably what, when I was growing up, probably about the only cartoon. They, they kind of tended to do more, like, live people stuff with puppets. Sure. Right. You know, you had, like, Basil Brush. He was, like, some kind of fox. Then you had Sooty and Sweep, right. like it was like a little puppy dog thing that like squeaked right. instead of talked. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And it was like some like somebody used a squeaker out of a squeaker toy. That was his voice. Right. You R- know, romper and, room. Squeak, puppy, puppy. And then, and then it was more have, like you have to write a script. It was just like all right, just put turn the camera on and just you know. Squeak there was the another camera. one. Uh, Reading Rainbow it was a oh, bunch of puppets. Yeah. Lamar you know, Burton. Well, you know, I think, no, I don't know. I, you know it's a different reading rainbow. Yeah, oh, really? His, his, yeah. his was different. His it's was different. Like a, his it was like a Channel Four. Yeah, oh, it was right. a Channel Four. It had like I think the one yeah. character was like Zippo. It had a zip across his mouth. So yeah. whenever he would talk too much, he'd, they'd zip his mouth. Oh shut. man, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> <laughs> so it was more like it wasn't much like cartoons. It was more like people doing you know their skits with puppets. Captain Kangaroo. Yeah. 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 I remember uh, one of the earliest shows I can remember seeing on Nickelodeon, well, that I wasn't allowed to watch, was You Can't Do That on Television. Oh, Canada, the finest thing to come out of Canada since Rush. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was like where you learned that where the uh, guy was always like, whenever they said, I don't know, they got slimed overhead. Yeah. Or the, uh, what was it, the uh, the firing squad scene. I remember yeah. that where uh, the guy was like, ready, aim, wait, 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 just, wait. It was just brilliant television, and my mother absolutely despised it. Ugh. I think I mean, the whole, they talked I about mean, boogers. I think once. And uh, I think my dad was like, "That's it, turn well, it right down." They always, you know, they always like fake. You know, they always fake barfed. It was like the cook that made the terrible food. Yeah, his yeah. name was Barth, B A R T H. But you know, people that was to scandalous. Eat his, his people to eat his cooking and like you know, kind of wretch. And it was, but oh, they, and they did sort of like a Rowan and Martin's laugh-in thing where they would open the lockers up. Hey, yeah, hey Alistair, yeah, yeah. yeah, Moosey. They had the girl named Moose. You know, but oh, it was just I thought just the pinnacle of top-notch. Just writing and acting, and I thought it was the most amazing thing that had ever come down the pike. I was convinced. It was utterly, you know, forbade from Groundbreaking. It, you know, at I, all turns. I was very much convinced that the only reason why I was not allowed to watch that show was because the show title was called You Can't Do That on Television. <laughs> and so I would wait and, like, kind of try to time it for the theme credit would come yeah. on, and I would try to, like, Turn it, twist the dial. Yeah, twist the dial. Okay, now it's on. Now I can watch it. But my parents always kind of knew, and they said, nope, turn that. Right. And, you Mm. know, it had an opening credits very much like uh, Monty Python's Flying Circus with sort of like the the cutout but, like, stop-motion animation. And all the kids would, like, go through the sausage grinder. And, you know, I don't know. It was just – That's – I mean, I'm older than you guys, so I don't remember watching it. I was going to say, you might have been – you know, it, it probably wouldn't have caught your fancy the same way, but it, man, it's just, I don't know. I just, like I said, I just thought it was the, just the, the top notch. It, it couldn't, television couldn't get any finer, more, more highbrow. <laughs> then, but, then Double Dare came out a few, you know, a few years later. And that was like, that, the, that sort of condensed it into sort of a one trick pony, but it was pretty good. I mean, it was very sloppy and, you know, there was a lot of goo, you know. And then, you know, you get later on Wild and Crazy Kids. That was, that was more late 80s, early 90s where, the, the, again, theme music it was like, bam, 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 
with Donny Jeffcoat. Well, I think after I think after Double Dare, I switched over on like later on Saturday mornings. I had to watch American Gladiators. Ooh, I know. Yeah, the height of the steroid you yeah. know, era yeah. when it was just like. We don't care what you do. Blaze. Just have the bigger muscles than the you know the people that, the contestants that we have on here. The poor contestants oh, used to get just, beat oh. to pieces. <laughs> Nitro. We're like yeah. close. Uh, I'm distinctly remembering like crew cut rat tails and, yeah. and uh, like and you were always hoping that that was the episode where they had like the Nerf uh, fight obstacle course. Yeah. That was always the coolest. To me. Yeah, with the like the, the tennis balls or whatever that would shoot out and I don't like know. I want to do that. I want to yeah. play that. Is that when you the jump from platform to platform and they were shooting at you? Yeah. yeah. You had to kind of go behind the obstacles and you could shoot like the like the, the rocket big, launcher. Oh you had yeah, to shoot yeah. the bullseye behind it. Yeah, if you shot the bullseye, like sent smoke up the the platform where the gladiator was standing. All that was yeah. um, that was groundbreaking, riveting TV. Right. But it, but it also coincided with that was about the time that cartoons really kind of got terrible because there wasn't that that merchandising push behind them. Ah. So that's why by the by 1991, cartoons were, you know, I'm, I'm not saying there aren't people that have nostalgic memories of, well, you know, this show that came out, but in terms of, like, being able to stand up against the others, they just didn't have the money behind it to hire the script writers and the animators to keep it good. Yeah, I never you thought know? about that. I mean, like, it's like the artwork floundered, right. the, the theme songs floundered, the storylines floundered, the concept was awful. Yeah. Captain Planet, that's when I was starting oh, to realize. Terrible. Just terrible. Uh, thanks, thanks a lot, Ted Turner. Like, this, you know. this is really, this is, uh, I realized this as a kid, this yeah. is just trying to make me being a tree-hugging yeah. hippie. That's right. what this is, not that it's wrong, not that, yeah. not that loving trees is, is bad. For, the, for and those I've, of you and out I've there, I've seen who somebody <laughs> dressed up as a Captain Planet Halloween. Captain that was, that was an amazing costume, but still. <laughs> Yeah, the yeah. whole thing, that and Toxic Avengers, it was a whole push just to make you more yeah. green uh, wary. Yeah, like Captain Planet, use your ring and set all those bad guys on fire and be done with it. Captain Planet, he's our hero. Yeah. Gonna take pollution down to zero. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, the power is yours. And speaking of the power being ours, this week's lesson is about, <laughs> Zach, take it away. Okay. Well, today we're going to talk about... And I think this is very important because, I mean, for me, and and I, maybe I'm it's not I'm not too a naive or narcissist to think that there's other people that like me or the human race is like me in this, is that if there's not some sort of straight up, solid objectional truth foundation, I'm going to come up with whatever when it comes to, especially when it comes to theology, the Bible, or excuse me, theology or faith or whatever. I'm just going to come up with whatever and whatever makes sounds right to me. I'm going to take religion in a Burger King sense of have it my way. Mm-hmm. This is this is what this, you know. I'm going to you know treat faith and religion like a buffet. I'm going to take what I like. I'm going to leave what I don't like, and then that's just going to suit me fine. And a lot of religion out there, and a lot of let's go ahead and say a lot of Christianity out there is, or brands or strands of Christianity. What is being called Christianity is like that, where it's just you know have it your way. Let's just you know. Whatever feels right to you, whatever speaks to you in this certain way, you know, you just run with that play. And what we're talking about this week is how the importance of, or at least here at this church at Swanee Station Family Life Church, we believe in the authority of Scripture. We hold to as the Scripture, the Bible, as being God's Word, and this is the authority that we go to as what outlines, what defines, what... um, what where we get God's word, where we get the truth from, 
Whereas, say, if we have Scripture in its correct context saying a certain thing and someone over here saying something else, we side with Scripture instead of that other person. Does that make sense? Yep. And, uh, nice. and so it's, that's what we're kind of running with now. Maybe let's start off with where this kind of, kind of got out of line, maybe fleshing that out, discussing that, and just talking about the benefits of that and why it's actually a gift that God has given us, His Word. Because let's face it, you know, there's nothing that forced God or compelled God or made it necessary for God's character to give us the Bible. It's a gift. It's a gift of His love. It's a gift of His revelation. It's a gift to us so that there is that solid foundation that we can fall back on, where we're not having to look within us for... Right. He gave it to us as a gift because if without it, we'd be lost. Right. You know, it's, a way, it's, it's a guide for us. You know, I mean, he did it because he loves us and, you know, he, he wants to show us the way. Right. I mean, there is there is revelation in, say, nature. There, I, there is, I believe, in that where you can look at a mountain, you can look at trees, you can look at living things, you can look at outer space, you can look at creation as a whole and go, you know, there's just way too many things pointing to something higher than all of this, creating this and designing this. There's no way that this could just poof and just show up. And in that sense... That is revelation of God, but it's not, it doesn't tell us, you know, who is God, what did he do, what has he done for us? It doesn't tell us about our state as human beings, as sinful creatures, and what God has done in order to reconcile us with himself. So that, so nature can't do that part, but um, when it comes to the Bible, and I think it's important to emphasize this, is that it's real easy to look to other things besides the Bible, whether it be that I believe this because my pastor told me this, or I believe this because my church says this, or I believe this because whatever. And you know, I, God told me this. Now, I'm not downplaying or saying that God doesn't speak to us through his word and through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I would strongly caution going completely on your own impulses and own your own understanding for God's revelation. You know, I, I, and even in the past, I used to say, well, God told me such and such. If God is directly revealing to me something that is not in the Bible, then I should be adding to the Bible. Does that make sense? Right. Mm -hmm. And the, the good news is, is that there's specifically parts in the Bible where it says, you know, you're not supposed to add to Scripture. Yeah, you don't right. have to. Exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. And, and so that's why I would caution, if you're out there or if you're listening to someone or if you hear someone saying that God, you know, I'm feeling something being downloaded into my brain right now from the Lord, you know, step back and we'll walk it back and, you know, look and see what Scripture is saying. Because, I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. You know, people doing that throughout history, that's not new whole cults and whole complete cult followings and even side branches of everything have developed that way where some guy went into town, told everybody that an angel came and spoke to him, gave him a few golden tablets, that he uh, wrote everything down, but he buried the golden tablets and can't find them anymore. Oh, and this a, is the new... <laughs> but this is the truth and this is the revelation that he was given, a new revelation to be added to God. And see, so we're always... We're always seeking for something new. We're always, mm -hmm. we're always seeking for something, you know, tell me something that I haven't been told before. That's like a craving of ours, a desire of ours. 
when we already have God speaking to us through his word. I think it's a, I think it's a tactic of, of the devil as well as I think it's an, an own, you know, for whatever reason, we, we, we run right past the revelation of God of Christ crucified for our sins. Right. Well, and I think some I think people sometimes want what feels like the easy answer. And if you look at some of these things that were sort of created by man outside of you know, the what we consider the inspiration of God, sometimes they're a little direct and on the nose and people go, Ah, now that's that's something right there. Look at that. That's just, you know, exactly what I wanted to hear. That's for me. And you know, that's, again, you know, an indicator that you got to stop and examine and say, like, what am I really getting into here? You know, I agree. I agree. You've got to be so careful of what we hear and listen. And like you said, Zach, you know, with the Bible, you know, um, that's it's the word of God. And if it's not in there, if we don't cross reference it of what we're getting taught at our church or what we're getting taught by our pastors, what we're getting taught by our peers or whoever, our friends, you know what I mean? If we're not cross-referencing to make sure it's in the Bible, then um, right, we don't so, need to be I mean, listening and, to it, you know? And think of all the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of pages written every year by theologians who want to try to interpret the Bible for you. And on what authority do they have to tell you anything? Now, I think there's a lot of good stuff written out there, but it's important to probably read it, you know, like you just said, John, cross-reference it with your Bible. You know, right. you read a chapter and it brings up some good questions, and then you've got your Bible right handy so that you can make your own decision and, and see, well, is this something that, you know, is going to benefit me to read, or is it something that's going to take me down a, a, a path that maybe isn't the best the best choice? You know? Well, I think that people in general like to have their ears tickled. Sure. Oh, yeah. You know, they like to hear, oh, yeah, I like that. You know what I mean? But when, when they get a little convicted with something other said that's in the Bible, then they kind of, you know, shy away from it. Right. And they try to focus on the part that's, well, you know, he said today that, you know, there's I'll that, be blessed or that something buffet, like that. That buffet thing. That buffet about, thing, you know, you know what I mean? Pick about. and choose what you want right. or, or, you know, what's, what's, what you feel is good for you. Right. But, you know, I, I think sometimes um, when, when, you, when you get that conviction of the Holy Spirit, when, when the preacher's preaching or you get it out of the Bible, whatever, you know, it, it, it's 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 a lot of times it's just like, oh, well, wait a minute, you yeah. know, better stop, you know, think about this, yeah. you know, right? But we always tend to go to the, oh, okay, um, listen to that other part, right? We just shun away from it, you know, and that's why we got to be so careful. Whatever you're getting taught or preached to, that you look for yourself. In the Bible, I think that's the best advice of all. Is always, because yep, always be vigilant about. Be that. vigilant, and because hey, it's easy to follow the crowds. Sure, it's easy to be in the big, big thing or the next big thing or the next well, flashing lights, uh, make me feel good and make me feel hyped and well, and we all want, that stuff. But we want to hear what our fellow man has to say about it. I want to hear other people's interpretations in terms like I, I want some guy that's dedicated his life to the study of theology. Is probably more qualified to read, write a book about the Bible than I am. Oh yeah. But at the same time, it's striking that balance of using your own judgment and not letting anything cloud your vision of the Word. Mm-hmm. It's you a know? it's a very good idea to consult someone who has spent their life with their nose in Scripture, uh, reading it and learning what it says. You know, I strongly advise you know go ask that person, ask them to 
to, hey, what does this mean? Or, hey, have you read this? Or, hey, can you explain this? That's not to say that you're, to go to Scripture is not to disparage that. It's when that person who has had their nose in the Bible the whole time is telling you that either the Bible is saying something that it's not saying or is creating stuff that the Bible completely doesn't say. That's when you need to go to Scripture and say, well, you know what, you know, there's nothing in here that I can find that validates what you're saying. Or when I read this or when the text is strictly saying or specifically saying this and you're saying something completely different. And that's nothing new that that has been going on, excuse me, with, with Scripture for the longest time. There's always been a need to go back to the text. Let's see what's happening. Let's see what's going on. And even... Uh, and even understanding how we got the Bible, like what books the Bible became the Bible, that helps in a lot of ways to understand, you know, what, how we can have confidence in the books of the Bible that were chosen to be a part of the Bible. Now, strictly speaking, you know, God chose what was in the Bible. God sure. inspired men mm-hmm. to write the Bible. But it helps understand, well, how come this letter... Yeah, why didn't they leave the Book of Ralph in there? Right, know? yeah. And, it, it's, and there's certain specific criteria that the books of the Bible that are in the Bible had to meet in order for it to be, quote-unquote, the Bible. And when you get that, that helps. So when, like you say, like when Ralph comes up with his divinely inspired yeah. uh, book that was given to him by God or, or a dream or revelation, you can take it and you can go, you know, this might be a good resource to look at yeah, and just take a look. might be a good historical text or whatever. Right. You know, but. but as far as basing my faith in the foundation of what I consider to be objectionable truth, I cannot put it on the same level as Scripture. And that helps you in the fact that so that you're not to the winds and you're blown about this way and that on any new word that comes about. There's always, and maybe it's wrong for me to be like this. Uh, maybe I'm too sensitive sometimes, but I feel all kind of spidey sense tinglings whenever I hear anybody say, I need a new word from the Lord, or I need need some fresh new message or something like that, because and I think, because a lot of times I think that when that's being said, they're not necessarily talking about something brand new additional to the Bible. They may be mentioning a teaching that hasn't been taught about in a while or an understanding of the Bible that hasn't been talked about in a while. They're not saying they're, they're coming up with something new from the Bible, but at the same time, it has me on my, my heels going, wait a minute, what are, you, what are you talking about new? You know, God is the same yesterday, today, and, and forever. forever, and that's, that's awesome news. You know, the, what's, the, what's the verse? The, the, the uh, oh, I can't remember it right now, but something uh, like uh, seasons change and the flower fades, but the Word of God remains forever. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, that's good news that it doesn't change, right. that, that I, I can't. It may, in my situation, what it has said forever might speak to me differently it might comfort me differently than it did a week ago, but it's still the same message. Right. It's still the same thing, and it's always going to be the same thing. It's a good practice. Also, has helped me is looking to see what interpretation or what's being said about the Bible. Is it feeding into something that I want on a worldly level? Is this new teaching or is this new word or is it telling me that I'm going to get something that I want? that's base, that's on like a human desire. Not that human desires are wrong, but if you just made this Bible verse about me obtaining 
something some, some here. worldly right. care. Instead of making it about Christ and Him crucified, Christ for me, that the Bible is about Christ and Him crucified. If you're not showing me in that text how to run to Christ, but how to run to me, that's when I that's that's when I'm on my back hills as well. Um, and, and look at new teaching. All that's that's the drive. You know what does what what can I tell the guy who's not going to church right now that will make him come to church? And the 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 big idea, big evangelical industrial complex marketing idea is to give the people what they want, what is going to entertain them, what's going to put them in the seat, what's, right. the, what's going to make them happy. And so often it's not Christ crucified for their sins. It's, it's, it's making them feel comfortable in a place, you know, when they, when they come to the church, they want to make them feel comfortable. There's no conviction right. of their sin. Right. That it's all going to be feel good. Oh, and, feel good, you know. You know. We have to repent of our sins, right? Right. So, I mean, when they come and they they feel that tickle me ear, feel good thing, but there's nothing about Christ, like you said, there's not going to be a change. Right. It's just a social club. Mm -hmm. I can go to any social club. Right. You can be part of any social club, you know. But uh, I think if you come to church and you're looking for Christ, he'll change you and he'll change your heart. Mm -hmm. You won't be who you were. Exactly. Well, that's a whole Christian life. Yep. Once you accept him as your 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 in your heart and and, and believe believe in him, he, he it's not sometimes it's an overnight thing for people. Sometimes it's a it's a lifelong process. But he changes the heart. He'll change the heart of a man. Don't do the things we used to do. We don't speak the way we we used to speak right. before we were saved. And I think like what you said, Zach, like all the stuff that kind of attracts them. You know what can make them come, come, come. But uh, it's very dangerous position to be in. You make these crowds come, come, come. It's like the scripture, depart from me, I never knew you, if we don't accept him as our Lord and Savior. We've sure. got to be so careful. There's also be that, so careful. Yeah, there's also that Bible verse, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm just remembering stuff right now. So again, check what I'm saying. <laughs> but there's, there's, there's that verse in the Bible where it talks about, and they taught what they ought not to teach for shameful gain. And it's, talk, and it's in the Bible, it's talking about preachers and pastors using scripture, using teaching for the sole purpose of gain, whether it's financial gain, whether it's uh, 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 status gain, it was something to feed themselves, and, and that's rampant as well. And I, I wonder if some of the times, some of these larger churches that spring up really quickly, I wonder if it's almost like a runaway train where the, the pastor suddenly feels a lot of pressure. Okay, I've suddenly attracted these you know thousands of people. I, I got to do something to keep them here. I mean, I got to do something to keep coming back. What, what am I going to do? And then suddenly you've moved away from the what, what, what the real message is and the real word. And the next thing you know, it's like you say, John, it's, it's about entertainment and it's, you know, the social club. Hey, who doesn't like to be entertained? Of course. Right. I like to be entertained. Yeah. That's yeah, not you saying know, you can't have a good time. No, exactly. it's, not, no. No. it's right. not like you're going to go there like, oh, you know, just sit right. there. Yes, day, who saw a <laughs> You know what I mean? Because uh, um, there's, there's many things through Christ that, uh, it's you know sets us free. Yeah. I mean, people wanted you know, to be around what? Jesus, right? Yeah, and now he had to send them away. He said, "You're only around here for food, but and, I'm going to give you this." And who and, doesn't like a good banquet <laughs> right. or a good right. feast? Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. But, but I'll say this: I know that when I leave church every week, I feel better than I did when I got there, and it's not because I had a good time singing songs or eating food, or you know, it's because I'm filled up with my, my cup's been filled back up. 
yeah. with Christ. Like the old caption of the old church, you know. we mentioned it last Sunday, you'll feel better for coming here and you'll never be the same again. Yeah. Either fed spiritually or fed in the natural. Right. Because we do have a breakfast at 10 if you ever want to come along. Right. And it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it, but, it's, yeah. uh, it's like there's this, whether it's a cultural thing or it's just what we're being pushed in in the realm of Christian culture that is in the West, or at least in America, is that if you're not growing with with people coming to church, you know, there must be something wrong with your church. Or what are you doing that's not attracting people to church? And there's this pressure, this thing, like, you know, well, here's how you do it. And what's interesting is all the steps and all the ways to do it, nowhere, or, or no, I'm saying nowhere, but majority of the time, it's like strategies for a business yeah, or like a, a pyramid scheme yeah. and not preach Christ crucified. Tell dirty, rotten sinners that there is someone who died for their sins and has reconciled them to God. Teach scripture, teach the Bible. No, it's how do we get people, what kind of circus can we put on to get people here? And 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 then your church grows up real quick and then it, it always eventually fades. It won't let, It won't stay that way forever. Or it'll if it does stay that way forever, it's it's fake and it becomes very obvious that it is. But anything that's not built on the word of God eventually yeah. dies out. That, it, it's a new fad that comes yeah, about. It's something that, else. That house of sand. That's the house of sand. Exactly right. what I was going to say, yeah. Ben. You know, yeah. you have to build that foundation on the rock. That's right. And the rock is Jesus Christ. Yep. Mm-hmm. We've got to build our foundation on the rock of Jesus Christ. Well, and that's. I mean, that's. One of the things that I love about our church uh, is just that uh, the spirit of Christian brotherhood that I feel when I when I walk in the doors. I mean, I, I I really feel like, you know, everybody here that I know has that spirit inside them, that light inside them, and it feels genuine, you know. And that's, I just I feel fortunate that I'm part of the, you know, family life church, you know, family. Well, so we're glad to have you too, Ben. Oh, sure. yeah. Stop. <laughs> we don't we don't realize how very fortunate yep. we are to have access to the Bible. Mm-hmm. That the common the laity or whatever you want to call it has access. It wasn't to always that way, was it? No, I mean back in the day, I mean you know one they didn't have printing presses. You know if you had a book, someone had to handwrite it. And also the plague. I mean, hello, that's oh, yeah. pretty <laughs> terrible too. <laughs> you, 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 were, yeah. you, were, you were, there was a lot more concerns oh, back in the day. Right. I mean, if you made it past infancy, you know, you're, you're, you're a champ. All right. Get all your possessions. We're moving. Okay. I've got the bucket and the rock. It was a terrible time. If you didn't die in childbirth <laughs> as a woman, you know, you're, you're a hero. Yeah. And so, right. I mean, it's, you know, there was a lot of, you know, making it to 40. I mean, that was like, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they didn't, and you, you were reliant upon the church or the priest telling you about the Christian faith. Well, and, you know, literacy was pretty far down on the list compared to basic survival, so not many people could read, and they were reliant on, you know, after sort of the fall of Rome, very few people were able to carry on the Latin tradition and be able to translate ancient texts from Hebrew and Greek into, you know, the church, the, the language of the church, which, like I say, was Latin. So, you know, you kind of had to take people's word for it, and people are fallible. People aren't perfect. The word is, but if it's got to filter through somebody for you to get to it, there's a high likelihood of something getting lost in translation. That's right. And mm-hmm. like uh, the... Uh 
ancient theologian Jerome, he translated uh, scripture to Latin, and he like messed it up in a couple of places. Yeah. For example, repent and believe, it came across in Latin as uh, do penance and believe. And so that got sent even more further to penance. Well, how do I do penance? Well, you can do it through this act, or you can do it through this there act, or you can perdition, right? Other it, types of issues. And and it wasn't until Martin Luther, I'm thinking I'm saying this right. Martin Luther read this like, wait a minute, this is talking about repentance, a change of mind, a change of of heart, a mm-hmm. changing in your thinking. You know, this isn't talking about you know self-flagellation or pain of indulgences or all this other stuff. Not to mention the fact that once he dug into Scripture and was actually saying, he's like, um, excuse me, there's yeah. there's no mention of purgatory here. Right. There's Things no that men- have become the cornerstones right. of, of, of the Christian of the culture, of Christian right. church doctrine. You know, you did a lot of stuff just to get less and less time out of purgatory. Right. You did a bunch of stuff. It was you, like reverse prison time. It was like getting time <laughs> off for good behavior. You right. You, I mean, how hard is that? You get told that Jesus died for your sins— but listen, but you have before, to go do this. Before, before that, paradise, this. there's going to be. You have to go through some purging here. There's just a little matter of the bill, sir. <laughs> right. Before. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, sir. I know that Jesus died for your sins, but you still need to suffer for them. Right. So, if not now on earth in purgatory, and you'll have, you know. A few million years in purgatory of purging through the fires of not hell but purgatory. They're, they're going to hurt pretty bad. It's going to hurt. It's going to stink. <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah. it, and, you know, because Christ, you know, he didn't die for all your sins. Just right. the, the admittance and into then, purgatory. And then you know, the the populace is just like, well, well, what can we do to get out of this purgatory? <laughs> Sounds terrible. What, oh, we, no. well, what are we going to do? But wait, there's more. And you know, and they say, well, it's funny that you ask because I happen to have the solution right here in a handy dandy little thing called, you know, doing exactly what we say, just how we say to do it. And, and it was like there was no, it's like, but but how do you know that? Or off with his head or burn him? You know, as soon as it was, well, how do we know that that's the, you know, any kind of descent? It was. Yeah. I mean, like, that, yeah, shut him up right now. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like the uh, it's like the Mike Myers sketch of Friday Night Live, Russian Bandstand. It's All like, right. welcome to Russian Bandstand. We played this song, but I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's play this song. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so, I mean, you know, there was when in in again, the church had this, this authority. We're we're really harp on the church in this time because that we're talking about a specific time period in church history, uh, doctrine like indulgences like. Uh, purgatory, like tre- the treasury of merit, like that the Pope only had was the only one to have the keys to them to unlock them for people, based on his choosing and desire. Right. You know, you know, Pope Leo the Tenth. You know, he had a building project, Saint uh, Peter's uh, Basilica. You know, yeah. you know, he wanted to build that. He was strapped for cash, so he was like, you know what? I've got the tree to the. I got the tree. I've got the key to the treasury of merit. I'll just open it up for those who uh, pay a little price for an indulgence. I call it indulgence. And, you know, not only do they, can they pay for it for themselves, but if they have a grandmother or a grandfather who they think might be in purgatory, mm. put a little extra skin yeah. on top yeah. and uh, we'll Cough get, it up, pal. We'll get, <laughs> we'll get those suckers out today. Right. Today they will spring to heaven. And, yeah. and, and you know, so and and, and people Hon- Honest Leo, they called him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, I mean, yeah. and, and you got his uh, his henchman, or uh, what do you want to call it, John Tetzel, going out there, you know, every coin in the coffer rings a soul from Purgatory Springs. I mean, he put on plays, he put on all this stuff. There's these poor people coughing up this money, legitimately thinking that it was purchasing them some sort of 
salvation. Now, they would, the church would never say that it was, we're not, no, no, Jesus died for your sins. This is completely different. And they would have all these reasons for it. But Martin Luther, he's reading this, and he's looking at Scripture, and he's like, um, this is not in here. And then it really boils down to the question, can a church council be wrong? Do they have, is there any potential, uh, possi- is there any remote possibility that a, a, they get an interpretation wrong, if they, that they read the Bible wrong, that they tell it wrong? If there is a possibility, let's keep that in mind. Is it possible that the Pope can be wrong? Is it, is there, in the, the church would say there's popal what, inerrancy? Right. And, you know, can, can the Pope, who is a man, can he be wrong on the interpretation of Scripture or are they wrong? Can he err? Yeah. E-R-R, I think. You know, can, can we as human beings get Christianity wrong? You know, we yeah. keep all that in mind. And then we ask, can the Bible be wrong? And if the Bible can be wrong, that's, that's opening a whole new gambit. And the cool thing is there's a lot of ways to check it in their proof of the authority of Scripture that is there. And that's not, that's not for this podcast. That can be another one down the road. But we have very good, solid reasons for the Bible being a true word of God. And there's so many checks of how this is something that can be, that we can hear and have faith in what it's saying. Not that you belief in the Bible is what saves you, but your belief in who the Bible is talking about is what saves you. It's a vehicle. You know, the Bible says, you know, we are saved by hearing and by hearing the word of God. Not that hearing is what saves us, but hearing that Christ died for our sins is what saves us. Well, and I think that things like, you know, Martin Luther's existence and, and the Bible being translated into languages that the general populace could read and understand as some of the modern day miracles of, oh, yeah. of, of our, you know, and I know that's hundreds of years ago, but still to me that I guess that's still modern compared to when, when the people in the Bible actually lived. But I think it's one of those things where I, I, I think that God gives us a lot of free will and a lot of ability to make decisions for ourselves. But I think there's certain times where the hand of God is just upon humanity to guide certain things to happen. And I think that's one of them. I mean, Mm -hmm. because it, you know, I'm sure it probably didn't feel very miraculous at the time, all the people going through, you know, uh, you know, wars and fighting with the church as it, as it sort of, as the dust was to settle into what we have, you know, the modern church that we have today, but still it's truly, I think no less than a miracle. The fact that the Bible is the most, widely printed book in the world and we have access to it in every language you can conceive of and you know any one of us can go and pick up any number of copies and start reading it right away we have you know direct access to the word of god and that to me is an absolute miracle absolutely Mm -hmm. i mean look at what's being opened up like in luther's day what's happening is not finding out that jesus dad's name was not joseph but hank that's not what was being kept dark Right. For centuries, up to this point, it was the gospel. And see, that's the, the huge, big reason why this is such a big deal. And this is still going on today. Whenever the gospel is being covered up or being put in the dark... Tainted somehow. Right. There, there's a need for a, quote-unquote, reformation, a reforming, a remembering of, well, your first love, which is the gospel. And it's... It, it, it's even to this day, we're still feeling the effects of 
Martin Luther doing his 95 Theses, which he, he, he didn't think that was going to happen, that the whole Christian world would just turn upside down. He was just that one. He was just debate. some guy that could take it no more. And just he was like, I, this is in my heart. I got to do it. And I got to put it out there. You know, and the idea that we could be bound by scripture in our conscience and not anyone else that we that 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 me that John that Ben can look to the Bible can read the Bible that God has given the Bible to us as individuals as his children for us to read to find the truth in it and that we can be bound by what it said not by what we say it says but by what it's saying to us I think that's important too that's huge yeah actually Zach, do you know what year he did his thesis? Fifteen seventeen. Fifteen seventeen. Which means next year will be the six hundredth anniversary. Six hundred years. Did I get that right? Five hundred years. Yeah. Okay. Five hundred. Go with five. Yeah. yeah. I'll go with Ben. My my math for <laughs> my math for Marines is not that. That's uh, okay. Is, is not that great. Yeah. That's pretty cool though. Five hundred years, and even still, we're still needing. I mean. Well, yeah, there's there's all there's still things we take out of context to this day. Oh yeah, very easily, especially when it comes to the gospel. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I mean, we're not paying for indulgences, but we're doing other things in order to gain the favor of God. Yeah, I mean, we're not. As far as I know, there's no church that's you know saying, "Hey, pay the, if you give." Well, there <laughs> if, there are churches out there that say if you don't pay up this, that God's going to curse you. That, that God's going to do this to you, and that is baloney. Because of the account, because of Christ and what he that did. pure weapons-grade baloney. <laughs> that, that is straight up, I'm telling you, that is straight up pastor, minister, whoever is, is pushing that, he's trying to line his own pockets. Or he's unaware of it, and that's just the byproduct of him being deceived. Right. Well, you know, you know... Either way, it's not good. No. You know, back in the, I mean, I don't know, maybe it was the 80s or, you know, 80s where all the pastors were... We're all, we're all, you know, from the worldly point of view, was like, yeah, they're lying in their pockets. You know what I mean? And it was yeah. so true. Yeah. I mean, to this day, they still, you know, there's, there's ones out there that'll do it. Yeah. For, for, for worldly gain. Sorry. Of course. You know. I mean, think about this. What's your problem? What ailment do you have? What kind of need do you have in your life? Yeah. Well, God wants you to send X amount, and He's going to take care of that for you. And it may not be said just like that, but how it's pushed. That's what it gets boiled down to is you turn God into like a genie. Right. It's like, so, wait a minute, yeah. I prayed really hard for this. God was supposed to do right. this. And it's, it's like, it's, well, like, it's like the guy in the booth at the flea market, you know, selling the magic cream that'll cure your arthritis <laughs> or your achy bones if you yeah. just put this on for 1995. Right. John, you're not saying that there are some people out there that are treating the Bible like snake. Uh, oil salesman, are you? Uh, did I say that? <laughs> yeah, if, you, if, if, if you go to a church and they say step right up a lot, you, don't, you might want to rethink that. And it's not a pool of baptism right. water. Right. <laughs> yeah. When there's that, that continuous drum beat and yeah. going. Yeah. <laughs> if it looks more like a, a worship service to the, uh, the, the, the cult god uh, Kali. Right. <laughs> and, and, you know, you have Molaram up yeah. in front, you know, taking people's hearts out of their chest, you know. And showing it to them, yeah. <laughs> Better hope you have a little guy named Short Round with you. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Jones. I wonder what ever happened to him. I don't know. Only a research assistant could reach the keyboard. He was he was in Goonies too. She's off for tonight, right? This podcast session. <laughs> I think I can get her off a break. 
No, but uh, sola scriptura or scripture alone is has been something that has benefited us. Not the the, the actual doctrine, but something the revealing of of what holds the final authority when it comes to discerning what is revealed truth. That helps in so many ways. And that's not to say that tradition doesn't play a role or that you can't learn from the past. That's not saying that. It's saying that when you make it on the same level as Scripture, like saying, oh, well, that's not something that we've always have done here, so we're going to throw the Bible out and we're going to go with Scripture. I mean, that's not that, that's crazy talk. And, that, I mean, there's a lot of people who do. For those of you who are offended by me saying it was crazy talk, um, I'm sorry. I, I, I love you, uh, and I want to point you to the truth, and that's uh, God's Word. Amen. But um, uh, it's... Look to see what's going on. You know what? What is whatever other authority pointing you to? Is it pointing to? Is it pointing you to Christ? Is it pointing you to God? Is it pointing to His Word, or is it pointing to you? If it's pointing to you, I strongly urge you to to check what kind of authority you're listening to. If if, if the authority is pointing to you, pointing you to Christ and Him crucified, stay on that track. I guarantee you, it'll lead you to God's Word in the Bible as well. Guarantee it. I, I think it's very cool how this is kind of like, this is kind of similar, but there's a lot of recent reports like out in the Middle East and stuff like that where uh, people are saying that they'll have a dream, that this man named Jesus told them that, you know, what he has to say is true. And so far on the legitimate reports of that, almost always in their dream or whatever that they're claiming that they have, it's saying, you know, go talk to this person or go read this, and it's pointing them to Scripture, or it's pointing to them to someone who points them to Scripture. I think that's pretty cool, too. Yeah. That's, I mean, mm-hmm. it, they're not taking it upon themselves, I had this dream, therefore I believe what this dream says. The dream or this revelation or whatever is pointing them still to the revelation of God's Word. Uh, Jonathan K. Kwan, I just got this in from our research assistant. Jonathan K. Kwan, uh, as Short Round in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, 1984, and as Richard Data, I made air quotes here, Richard Data Wang in uh, The Goonies in 1985, and then not a lot else, Jonathan K. Kwan. He was like, you like, you wanted to be, it's like, how cool is that? Short Round, getting to go with Dr. Jones on some wild, crazy adventure. Well, it also makes you wonder, what happened between Temple of Doom or whatever time period that was supposed to be and I don't know if the time continuum in those three movies, Raiders and Temple of Doom and Crusades Temple was... of Doom's the first one. It's actually the first one in the okay. timeline. That's, that's what it's I thought. A pre, it's a prequel. It's 1936. Yeah, that's what I thought. And then 1937 is uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, and 1938 is uh, Last Crusade. So what happened to Short Round that made Indiana Jones in Raiders go, you know what, I can't work with this kid anymore? <laughs> I mean, I thought he did a pretty good job. He yeah. was pretty good. I mean... Yeah, I mean, he he got him out of the trance and, you know, stabbed him with that hat pen to wake him up. And how cool is that when Indiana Jones is beating don't, up on that guy and then he's beating up on the kid? It's like, yeah, get yeah. him. Don't, don't ruin the movie, Ben. Maybe some people haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to say that uh, that doesn't ruin it for anybody, although I will say if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor and just get ready. Kate Capshaw is a little much to take as the, you know, she's uh, as the... You know, the the love interest, but I think she was married to Steven Spielberg at the time, so they let her be in the movie. I think but she was screaming in every scene. She she didn't she wasn't quite as like gutsy as 
you know, Karen Allen was in Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, she's just, she's, I don't know. But that it, movie still stands up pretty well, all things considered. But yeah. the, the plot would have held up if you took her completely out of the entire movie. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's bad for, for a character. You <laughs> <laughs> completely removed them from the entire script, and uh, we're still good. Right. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so uh, Jonathan K. Kwan, uh, after The Goonies in 1985, uh, went back to uh, Asia to make some uh, Taiwan and Japanese movies and then starred on 40 episodes of the Taiwan television show The Big Eunuch and the Little Carpenter. Say what? What's what? what? As it translates into English. The, uh, uh, the Big Eunuch and the Little Carpenter. Wow. Yeah, I know. So take that as you will. Hmm. 40 episodes of that show ran, which is a long time for a show to run in Taiwan. Is he aware of the cult following that he got with Goonies? Surely he has. I mean, slick shoes? Come on. Come on, man. Hopefully we'll get to 40 episodes on our oh, podcast. It's going to be a, it's gonna be a close <laughs> photo finish on that one, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, how, how, much, how much room does this memory card have? Oh, it's going to be close. <laughs> well, we'll have to get another one. Uh, wait, wait, maybe. Is that in the, is that, is <laughs> yeah. that in the budget? No, we'll have to see. Our sponsors will let us do that again. You know. Mm. Brought to you by Slick Shoes. You know, gets you out of every <laughs> Fratelli situation that you might find yourself. What was in. it? The what was it, the Pearls of Power? What was the name of the uh, Chompers? Yeah, something like that. I can't remember. You know, I'm really big. I don't know why I get a lot of big nostalgia kicks lately. I went yeah, down because you don't want to live in the present, man. It stinks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're <laughs> getting you older. Go That's back why. in the past. The past was great. <laughs> I guess the good news about being the sports fan of the teams that I am is that you know to me live nostalgically on any of them yeah. is not, I have to look forward to the future when well, it when it comes to. Judging by your outfit, I didn't realize that Green Bay made gr- uh, red outfits. You know, but <laughs> we're, not, we're not Green Bay. <laughs> oh, oh, it's, oh, it's, oh, it's silly me. I thought that I saw the G and I thought uh, no, we, no. We, we thought it was cool and we put it in our helmets yeah. and so we like it now. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> you're just you're just getting older, Zach, and you're just realizing that you are getting older, and maybe you're getting a few gray hairs here and there, and you're like, I need to just go back to my childhood. I'm, I'm, I am getting a lot of gray hairs, but you know, Georgia Bulldogs look good this weekend, and That's so we're right. going to win it all now. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Nick right. Chubb's going to win the Heisman. But you know what? The older we get, the closer we get to Christ. Ah, That's there right. you go. Yep. That's the one good thing about not That's being able to stop time. That's right. Yeah. I don't know when he's coming back, but I know we're one day closer. One day closer. Another day older and deeper in debt. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I try to time it so that my money and my life run out at the same time, which if, as long as I die by like next Tuesday, I'll be set. I'll be fine. Because you, know? you don't want one to run out before the other, you know? Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. It's some life. You know, you have yeah. to work That's to right. stay alive. Huh? That's right. Adam. Well, I know. Uh, I bet you he's answered a lot of questions since yeah. he's been up there. He's got to be in a booth in heaven or something like, you know, go ahead, take your turns, <laughs> ask him. Yeah. One of them Duncan booths, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, the, the, thing, the, the thing with that is, though, is that I'm pretty confident that if it was any of us that was in the shoes of Adam or Eve, we would have done the same thing. Yep. And, and the good news is that even if it was all of us in the same shoes, God still would have come as Christ, God the Son, and still would have died for our sins. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. That's cool. Now, I still, I still might have put up a little bit more of us. Like, okay, a rib, you say? Uh, <laughs> and she's going to do, she's gonna do you know, what now? You know how it went down. <laughs> you know, it wasn't just simply, you know, here, eat this. It was like, Adam. Right. 
you know, I shouldn't have to tell you. <laughs> I shouldn't have to tell you what you should do in this situation. You should just know. Yeah. Madam's like, come on, just tell me. And then she's like, you know, I really don't feel like I should tell you because you should just know. And, and finally she's like, you know what, just, just eat the apple. And I was like, will it make you happy? Yes, yeah. it'll make me happy because I did it, so you need to do it. Okay, fine, will it make you happy? It'll make you happy. Apple. Yes, okay, give me the apple. Right. Now, now uh, uh, that's all fun joking aside. But no, yeah. we got to throw some blame back on Adam because uh, he did, uh, you know, he didn't take on up for it. Uh, God, yeah. When God came yeah. and asked him, he was like, what was this woman you gave me? <laughs> and then he yeah, was like, the well, the snake, the snake deceived me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Always blame the women. Yeah. I always think of that, you know. Speaking of uh, of nostalgic movies, you know that in, in Jaws, when like they they have all the all the beach patrol out there, and they see the they see the fin, and it's just the kid with like the fake fin on his back, <laughs> and he points to the other kid, and his arms kind of shake. He made me do it. It was him. <laughs> That's like the ultimate like passing the buck. And anytime, anytime I ever feel like that in life, where I want to just be like, it wasn't me. It was. I always just think of that scene. Like, oh, I could shake my hand. It was him. It was him. It's like what's that breaking point where you know, the code of, you know, snitches get stitches, right. you know, it stops. Like at what point of trouble yeah. are you willing to rat everyone out? Yeah, just try to save your own hide. <laughs> I'm pretty pretty sure if it's God coming in the garden going, Adam, where are you? Right, yeah, <laughs> you're you, instantly go, turn into, you instantly turn into Jaws, kid. It was, kid. It was <laughs> the woman. He made me do it. And God knew where he was. Oh, yeah. Of course. You know what I mean? He's watching the whole time. Yeah. It's like, you know, like when you see that. Te- he's testing them. Like when oh, you yeah. see one of your kids, like with chocolate all over their face, have you been in the cookies? No. And he's like, yeah, I mean, like yeah. why are you, you're asking him, you already know the answer but you know you know what's so cool is that god like you said knew exactly where he was but still went looking for him mm-hmm. he loved where where you know the, the, the angels adam yeah, yeah. the angels didn't yeah. get that right you know it was yeah. one one kind of we're gonna take heaven and god's like you know get out forever right and in man sins against god and then the scandal of of everything that man wasn't smited right there you know God, is, I believe this, is because God knew this was going to go down. God knew before the foundation of the world that he was going to send Jesus to make everything right. And what better display of his love, his mercy, his justice, and his glory in dying for man and reconciling man on his own, making everything right. I mean, that's, that's crazy. I mean, he gives to us freely what Satan tried to take by force, and that's to be in his presence forever. Yeah. That's... I think that's cool what you said, like God went looking for him. Yeah. That's a sermon in itself. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it, when you think about it, before any of us become, realize that Christ died for us, before any of us come to saving faith in Christ, it's because God came looking for us. You know, in the Bible, in Romans, it says, you know, you know no one looks for God. Mm-hmm. No one comes looking for him. That means that this is really cool. This is a miracle in itself is that I'm, it, to anyone who can hear my voice, if you have saving faith in Christ, if you believe that Christ died for your sins, if, you're, if, if you have faith in who Jesus is and what he has done, that's because God came looking for you. That's a miracle. The fact that anyone comes to saving faith in Christ, that is a God-happening miracle. The Bible says we can't. A part of our own. We're not gonna. It's like um, it's not in our nature. It's not that we. How am I? How can I say this? As a sinner, as someone who's against God, you're not going to want God. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it just well, that's the thing you're not looking for, right? Because you're in your sin. You know what I mean, and you you think you're you know you're just doing your thing. 
you know? It's offensive to hear that I need a Savior. Yeah. Why do I need a Savior? And the cross is offensive to people. Yeah. That's right. Billy Graham used to preach that all the time. Yep. The cross is an offense. You're yeah, telling people that they need someone, they need God to die for them. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm not that bad. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. That was, that was Billy Graham's biggest uh, 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 message right there. He used to preach the cross. Yep. Yep. Well, on that note, I think we've come to the end of our time for yet another episode of the Liberty Tree. So I think we've got some exciting things coming up on the horizon. Is that right, Zach? What, what, what's coming down the pike for us soon? Coming down the pike soon? Uh, let's see. We're going to flesh into some more stuff. Down the down the road. Okay. All right. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Uh, but you know, please, please don't elaborate any farther okay. than that, please. Okay. Please. Okay. okay. No. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say. Tell us know, more. What more do we do at the church when it comes to baptism? When it comes to the Lord's Supper, we're even going to start interviewing some folks uh, that go to the church. Start having some of their to hear their testimonies, not to glorify them, but to glorify and point to Christ, and just just to kind of I don't know to to maybe feature more. Listener questions. That's right. Keep, keep them coming. Yeah, and we, you know we we we're uh, hoping that you know we're attracting some new listeners. Hope everybody likes what they hear, and uh, we would love to see anybody that can hear us talking. We would love to see you at our church. But if you even if you can't come to Swanee Station Family Life Church, we just encourage you to try to seek Christ in your life and and find a church that is a good fit for you if you're not going to one already because. I know that it's been a wonderful thing in my life. I think I can speak for John and Zach and said just how much it means to have a, a, a good, you know, Christian home that you can be your, your spiritual foundation to build the rest of your life off of. And it's just, you know, it's a wonderful thing, and we encourage everybody to give it a try. Yep, we yep. encourage you with that, Ben, yep. and uh, we appreciate everybody listening. Yep. And uh, till next time. That's right. Liberty Tree. See ya. If you ever have any questions uh, for us on the podcast here, feel free to send us an email at thelibertytreepodcast at gmail.com. We'll be happy to answer any questions you have, or if there is a topic or something that you want us to discuss on the podcast, feel free to let us know. You can find us on Facebook, The Liberty Tree Podcast. If you're on Twitter, our Twitter handle is at LibertyTreeCast. And also, we are on the church website, there's an icon on the website that's a picture of our logo. Just click on that. And to get to that website, it's familylifechurchswanee.com. Look forward to hearing from you. Thanks so much. More to come later. One evening as the sun went down and the jungle fire was burning, down the track came a hobo hiking. And he said, boys, I'm not turning. I'm headed for a land that's far away beside the crystal fountains. So come with me, we'll go. This was the Liberty Tree, podcasting from Family Life Church in Swanee, Georgia.